Welcome back. What's up, Doc? You memories. I'm Henry. And I'm Leandra. And this is episode 20. We're back very quickly after our last episode to bring you one that we've been waiting, waiting to give you, but we had to wait for the whole show to air. Six parts, McMillions, HBO. This is seriously my new favorite documentary. It is a fun one. I agree. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I, yes, I actually enjoyed watching it. I, I enjoyed watching You're it You're such a, Fuddy duddy. He always has to be a contrarian, doesn't he? But here's the deal. This documentary is a lot of fun to watch because unlike most of the documentaries I watch, it doesn't involve murder. Well, I mean, there is some speculation that there might have been a hit job in it, but we'll get there. But it doesn't involve murder. It doesn't involve um, the the injustice of our justice system. And more or less, nobody really gets hurt in this one. I mean, there's definitely jail time granted to people to whom rightfully deserve mm. it. And I think there are people to whom probably should have maybe suffered in ways more than they actually did. Yeah. But it actually, it doesn't leave you just dead inside, I guess is what I'm no, trying to get No, it really isn't. It's, it's good dr- entertainment. It's not as dramatic as you, it's. It's not as heavy hitting as some of the documentaries we watch. Like coming off of the pharmacist, which is mm. really good, but also just like a crushing blow to your soul. This one is as fun as fraud can be. It's like a who done it. Yes. So, let's talk for a moment. This is on HBO as you said. Yes. It's six parts, so it is a commitment. It is a big long commitment, but unlike a commitment to like the Michael Jackson documentary, Mm. Finding Neverland. It's not a brutal, depressing thing you're watching. It's very upbeat. It's entertaining. Mm. It's like watching Ocean's Eleven almost. Ooh, good comparison, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they basically dropped an episode every Monday for six weeks. So this was one in which we couldn't binge in one setting, though I would Mm -hmm. have if given the opportunity. We actually had to wait for our content. Um But it is the brainchild of these two directors, um, James Lee Hernandez and Brian Lazarte. And before I forget, they also have an accompanying podcast, the McMillions podcast, Mm -hmm. that you can find on Spotify, iTunes. That's really, really good. And each episode features one of the characters from their documentary and goes in a little bit deeper um, with their documentary. (coughs) Sorry, I had to call. Um... And one of the like side stories that I got from that documentary was how um, they came up with the idea to make the documentary. Like I told you, I believe it was Brian. He was like scrolling through Reddit one night, and it's that um, "Today I Learned" post. You know, and you go on there like, "Oh, today I learned these seemingly obvious things about life." Um, and he stumbled across this "Today I Learned" post in which he discovered an article yeah. from Jacksonville, Florida, that indicated that the McDonald's Monopoly, um, what would you say, game? Um, none yeah. of the the big ticket winners were ever legitimate win- winners. So he read this article in 2011, and then he basically applied for a Freedom of Information Act. And then it was two years after the fact of him applying for that that he was even able to get names of um, like the FBI agents and the attorneys and et cetera, et cetera. And after doing so, he the plan was just to make like a, a small documentary or maybe even like a, a documentary short. And then it evolved into the six episode arc that culminates into virtually six hours of your time. And it's one that the story itself, I don't know, um, justifies the six episodes, but it's so entertaining. It's almost like if it wasn't so entertaining, because mm. it, 
I don't know. It, you you could kind of give everybody the gist of what happened in a very short amount of time. It's just there's a lot of characters in this. Yeah, thing. I feel like um, it's a character driven. They do these like funny bits throughout where you see like you know your traditional kind of detective trope where there's like pictures pinned on a wall and there's like strings. You know, between these pictures, I kind of felt like Charlie Kelly in that episode of uh, Always Sunny. Yeah. You know, it's like there are so many moving parts in this story that I'm actually kind of glad that they went a little bit slower with it. I, I think your your criticism is fair. It did at times feel maybe feel a little bloated. No, we'll get into but that. But I do feel as though six parts, and, and maybe because I was just so wonderfully entertained, I didn't want it to end. I feel like because the characters are what really drive this story, Yeah, I think the six episodes are justified. So let's slow down for okay, a second. Sorry. because I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this documentary is called McMillions, and surely you have all remember <laughs> Monopoly that McDonald's did. And if you don't remember, you lived in a different yeah, 90s than I did. you are not a child of the 90s, <laughs> because I remember very vividly, like, playing and really, like, you know... Oh, gosh. I remember going to school and people would be like, such and such has boardwalk. Oh, such and such has park place. If they just got together, they'd have like just dumb stuff like that. I remember that very vividly. And like like the little books that you would like put the the stickers in. I remember my mom having one of those. I remember uh, because this is before I had a computer at my house. And I remember one of the prizes if you won like the purple ones built or, uh, you know, the Lamo properties on... uh, Mm. I don't remember. On uh, Monopoly. I can't remember. It's the purple ones in Monopoly. I just remember that the prize was a desktop computer. Wow. And every time I would go to McDonald's, <laughs> I would get one of those pieces, and I would forget which ones I had. Oh. And then I'd be like, car ride home, convinced. I was like, I just want a computer. What and a never devastating have story. <laughs> well, now I know I why. Know. Which I don't think that's one of the high-dollar items that they were ripping off. But Yeah, so essentially... Like, people, like, everyday people won, like, free burgers and drinks, but all of the big-ticket items that equated to $24 million worth of value from 1989 to 2001, none of those people were legitimate winners. So, basically, if the prize was over Mm 100000 not a single person probably Mm -hmm. got it legitimately. Including the most famous case of all, which was when somebody donated a million dollars to St. Jude's. That was actually a stolen game piece, too. Horrible, horrible. So... Before we get too involved, you actually were the first one to tell me yeah. about this story because we deep dived YouTube one night. If you uh, if you are avid fans and have listened to our uh, bonus episode about the, the perfect uh, bid, the perfect yeah. bid, um, Leander and I sometimes get these weird moods where we get really into all the game show um, scams. It's true. Like there's the one where the guy in the UK who wants to be a millionaire mm-hmm. um, won the million, but. They're, cheated. He cheated. His like wife or somebody was, was like coughing yeah. when the correct answer. It's really obvious if you go back and watch it. It's horrible. Um, then there's the the no uh, whammies guy. The no whammies but guy. He didn't cheat. He didn't cheat. He found a glitch in their system and he memorized the whammy cards to the point where he just kept winning. Yes. There was no he end. He was able to time the presser luck. Oh button. yeah, watch that. That's crazy. Yeah. And then there's even crazier story with him and uh, losing all his money in another entire mm-hmm. thing that he had figured out. It's crazy. And then the other one that we we ended up doing a podcast was over a documentary that was not that mm-hmm. great, but um, it was over the perfect bid situation where a guy had memorized all the, the price prices right. for prices Right yeah. items and had kind of figured out how to uh, 
break the system to the point that they had to change the way their games were done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite... The only reason I looked into that is Drew Carey looks kind of like a... a, a, a well, he looks like an asshole yeah, in the, the clip, and I just like this. I don't like Drew Carey, so. So, anyways, we like deep dived YouTube one night. Yes, and, and this was one of the scams that was, one that of the was mentioned. And so I remember you telling me from that video when the documentary came out that the one detail you remembered was that it all involved this guy named Uncle Jerry, because Uncle Jerry is like the center of this crime ring. in the mafia. I remember that. Yes. So when this documentary, when we saw the, the trailer come out, had, had come out and had been released, I was so excited because I felt like we already kind of knew about this, but I didn't really know anything about this, if that makes sense yeah. at all. So I was like counting down the weeks well, to when this documentary came out. There's a re- yeah, well, you find out at the mm-hmm. end of the documentary why mm-hmm. no one has heard about this, even though everybody mm-hmm. played the Monopoly game in the 10 years that this scam was going on. Why didn't? Why don't you know about it? You would think McDonald's would just come out and be like. And honestly, like, but you find out why reading articles in the thereafter of this documentary, it's almost so confusing trying to keep all the moving parts together, especially since two of the featured yeah. elements of the crime ring are both named Jerry. That I'm thankful that the documentary came out because they were able to like organize and curate this whole story in a way that was like actually approachable. If that yeah. makes sense, I think part of the reason they had to have six episodes was because there were so many moving parts mm-hmm. that, and it all featured real people, like normal people. Mm-hmm. That there's a lot of like, but why did they do it? Right. And once you get to the individual case by case, then it fills in all of the blanks by the end. Like you're, you just see the whole thing for mm-hmm. what it is because it is very confusing. So. We're not going to break down the whole story for you because I would lose the appeal of watching. Yeah, watch it. Itself. There's some really funny twists, but there are some like funny elements to the story. One of which yeah. is, and I, I put in my own notes like the categories of good guys and bad guys, but I use that term loosely because I feel like while the good guys are obvious, like the FBI agents who are you know essentially trying to you know solve this crime, the bad guys I think are less obvious because I feel like a lot of people were manipulated by Uncle Jerry who's like the head of this crime ring, and then Jerry Colombo, who is kind of the he was like second a, in command, if you will. Like a and I feel like mob boss. And I feel like a lot of the people who actually got involved with this, not only did they not get their money, or not all of their money, but they ended up losing money. Well, they got they, scammed themselves. They got scammed themselves. Especially so the Jerry Colombo ones. really tragic irony in many of the cases. But anyways, the way the story goes is that there's this guy named Doug Matthews who works for the Florida FBI. I learned also from that podcast he originally went to school for economics with the intention to be an accountant. But when you meet him, he's so charismatic and so funny and so he's got all this charm. The idea of him ever like doing any like boring desk job seems like sort of surreal. Oh, yeah. And in fact, one of the things I loved about this documentary was that Doug Matthews specifically and other people involved kind of highlighted how boring working in the FBI actually is. It is mostly just oh, yeah. paperwork. This is actually one of the great documentaries about like here's an inside look of because they really walk you through the whole FBI thing. Mm. And so this is one of those weird looks where you're like, okay, this is really how the FBI operates. And so he got like assigned like a healthcare scam and he was like, oh, pff, that sounds boring. And then he saw like a sticky note on his fellow agent, uh, his name's Agent Dent. He didn't want to be featured in the documentary. Um, a sticky note on his computer that was like Monopolies, McDonald's Monopoly scam question mark. And then Agent Matthews was like, well, screw the healthcare thing. That sounds boring. I'm going to do this one. And then out unfolded this like crazy massive, massive fraud screen <laughs> scheme story. and in fact who tipped the fbi becomes one of the suspenseful plot points that you know there is some ambiguity with that too and you have to kind of make your own guesses as to what 
who the the um, tip was based on the information provided to you in the documentary. Because there's going to be four or five different claims as to who they think made the initial tip to the FBI. So anyways, there's this guy named Jerry, and you, you get his backstory too. And he worked for Simon Marketing, which Simon Marketing are the same people who made all those great 90s Monopolies, McDonald's, or not Monopoly, McDonald's, but McDonald's um, Happy Meal toys. They invented the Happy Meal. Yes. And like even now, as somebody who genuinely despises McDonald's, I have so much nostalgia and love for those toys. So much so that in October when they came out with like the 20th anniversary, Henry and I went out to try to collect as many of those 90s McDonald's toys we, as we could find. Uh, let's just be real. In a span of a weekend, we <laughs> ate like four Happy Meals a piece. I needed the Furby. <laughs> I needed it. To the point that then we like were like, we can't eat any more Happy Meals. So let's, when we order another one, let's just make them give us the toy that we want. <laughs> let's be those people. We don't have a kid here, but let's request yes. they, they grab a certain bag. It was quite funny. So Simon Marketing, the people who did that, also did this Monopoly game. I I keep calling it a game, but you know what it is. It's like this, whatever. So anyways, he works for... It it is by definition (laughs) a game. It just doesn't feel like it requires any skill. And so I think that's where I get this idea that... Neither does gambling. (laughs) This is true. Okay. So anywho, Simon Marketing makes this game. And one of the things Mm -hmm. that McDonald's got as a result of this was like a surge of how much, like 25% of sales or something even yeah, more radical let's, than let's that. let's be honest. The victim is not McDonald's. It's not McDonald's. At all. Yeah. So lo and behold, after the tip comes into the FBI in 2001, they basically unravel this story. And the reason that things became suspicious is because all the people who won the big ticket items could be traced back to this woman named Robin Colombo. And Robin's married to Jerry Colombo, and Jerry Colombo is the second Jerry yeah, in that, command. That was basically the tip, was the person said, hey, all these people are related. Mm-hmm. And then the FBI we're looked like, oh, at yeah, it, they, they and are they were, they just mm-hmm. had different last names. Or they found out that the winners Not claimed to be living in, like, South Carolina or other states, when That's in reality they were actually is, from Florida. Not all of them were. This was, mm-hmm. like, a branch right. of winners. Let's and put then it that after, way. And again, not trying to give away too much information, but Uncle Jerry... The head jury in command had a number of recruiters. And so it's not just Jerry Colombo who is the recruiter, but there's also this guy named AJ, AJ Glum that was literally one of my favorite characters from this yeah. documentary. And another guy named Dwight Baker who ended up roping in his foster son. It and is that story is really sad. Because like AJ Glum is one of the recruiters, but you're like, nah, that guy's not a bad guy. No, but he is technically a criminal. He is, but he has again, done bad things. this is kind of a, a weird crime. Even mm-hmm. the, at the end when they do the trials, there's mm-hmm. these arguments about what crime did they commit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but the Jerry Colombo guy was like such and a And then bad it guy. also involves like um like the we mentioned the mob because Jerry Colombo, who's the second Jerry in command, he has He's families who's tied mob. to the mob. And he ran it like a mob. He ran it like a mob. And then he his his family has, you know, connections to the I mean it, it, it it's this like layers to the story. I can't even go into all of it, but it definitely involved harassment, involved making threats, a number of things that just really gave it not even like like I feel like when somebody's scamming the McDonald's game like there's almost something kind of funny about it but there are moments where it got kind of dark like and how they went about handling the people to whom they um, recruited including a woman named Gloria Brown who was this single mom just trying to make Mm, it work yeah and then she ended up putting her house 
Um, Bef- yeah, before I mean, you're like, oh, uh, gosh, these people walked away. Yeah. Uh, a couple of them, like, lost money. Lost money. Because, because they had to pay taxes and also give money to Jerry. Yeah, because, like, Jerry Colombo would go to him and say, okay, I have a million-dollar ticket. I need, uh, like, $50,000 up front. Yeah. And, but the thing is, they're not getting a whole million dollars. You're getting like half a million dollars because of taxes. And you're only getting like in installments of so much a and year. And so, yeah. And so the lady who put up her house, she literally like, got no money yes. for it. And it was so sad because in the documentary, sorry, in the podcast about her, they were like, well, you know, how is life now? Is it better? And she's like, well, I only work two jobs now instead of three. So this uh, is a woman to yeah. whom like you want to like point your finger and be like, how could you? This is so wrong. But she's like... A product of a system. Yeah, some dude walked up to her and was like, hey, I'll give you a million dollars if you give me Mm $50,000. And then she takes the bite, Mm -hmm. or she takes the bait and not realizing, like, yeah, because some of these people are, like, way under Mm -hmm. for a couple years until they got their payments. And that was one thing about the documentary I liked, that even the the FBI agents and uh, uh, U.S. Attorney Mark Devereux, like, the one who tried the case, these are the good guys, we'll call them, okay? Even when they interviewed them, you know, they were all quick to admit, like, I don't blame them for having done this. Like, it seemed like such an easy gig. No one was really getting hurt. McDonald's is this billion-dollar company. Like, yeah, there what's was... the BFD, basically? And I really appreciated that even the good guys, and again, I use that term loosely, but they were even willing to admit that it seemed like a perfect scam. Oh, oh, there were people hurt, though, <laughs> big time. <laughs> yes. So, again, I don't want to give too much away because it is the final episode well, in which you see the resolution. Give, give you an example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one lady who all she got was, like, a $100,000 ticket. Mm-hmm. And she had to pay something for it. Mm-hmm. But he didn't explain to her that she had to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. And so, literally, she lost money in it mm-hmm. because he took, like, half of the winnings, mm-hmm. like the 50000 But then, then she yeah. was left to pay taxes on it. So, she really did, like, lose money in it or got nothing, basically. It was horrible. And there are, like, lots of details that I appreciate from this documentary. Just explaining the procedure of how you go about claiming a ticket, what that looks like, of going into the store and talking to the... That was crazy. Like, I didn't realize how much, like, security systems Mm -hmm. they have on the winning tickets. You cannot fake these winning tickets. And that was the biggest mystery of it all. And we're not going to tell you because you find out in the sixth episode, but how how did did he he do it? Yeah, because... And the answer is crazy. There were, like... It wasn't just, like, some... Because they Dude would, like, just walked out with tickets because they were just lying on a desk or something. These things were like they were had like a laser, like a laser thing, like black light symbol, and then he had it like handcuffed the suitcase that had the tickets in a bag inside the suitcase. Handcuffed that had to, to be him. open with two people. With, yeah, and there was two people involved, and she didn't know what was going on. Like he ran the perfect heist, and so when you described it as Ocean's Eleven, that but was he did it for perfect. ten years. For ten years? No, for twelve years. This he only got caught because. Well, don't say. Well, yeah, it it was crazy, and it's just been crazy because a lot of these people were just it. It involved so many people who weren't even connected, mm-hmm. but it was this massive, massive fraud scheme. So, yeah, the whole the story is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, is this one of those like going to change your uh, life or your opinions about the criminal justice system or anything? No, is it entertaining as hell? Yes. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that like. Okay, you used Ocean's Eleven as an example. These are all, like, wildly attractive people running this, you know, really cool, glamorous heist. These people are, like, as, as, like... Okay, their their names are Jerry. They appear like Jerry from like Parks and Rec. Like they're as like frumpy and as like yeah. Jerry Gergich. Uh, <laughs> Imagine Jerry Gergich runs a heist. The mat like That's one of the largest fraud schemes ever in the United States, and it's all involved around a hamburger store. It's so great. 
see. Um, oh a game that's based so off wild. a Parker Brothers board game. It's just really but weird. But still, I love watching documentaries in which, in an attempt to go from like rags to riches, people like morally compromise themselves. I love The Great Gatsby, and I feel like I'm oh, yeah. always clamoring for these documentaries. And so, in the past year, we've watched. And documented about Fire Festival or Bad Blood or that great Sour Grapes documentary in which that guy basically pretends to be a, a connoisseur of wine when all in reality it was just this giant heist. All great documentaries I just listed there. But I'm always obsessed with these stories in which people are able to pull off these things for so long and so boldface and it's really their own greed that kind of... Um, cripples the operation. I'm always fascinated by those stories. And so this is definitely one of those ones to add to the collection. It's bizarre. Crazy. But again, like... But I think stylistically the music's really cool, the way it's cut, the opening intro is really cool. Oh, production on this one, A+, all Mm -hmm. the way. I really didn't think it fell into a lot of the traps that we've seen documentaries where it just, like, it just feels stretched. Mm -hmm. And this one really didn't because instead of just like, I don't know, having those like filler episodes, they instead turned it into a individual character focus. And everybody, there's so many individually interesting stories that you really don't notice that it's six episodes long. No. So I don't know. I guess that's enough for them to know about it. I feel like, I hope that we sold it to you because I honestly think this is probably one of the better ones we've watched in a while. I don't, like Henry said, maybe not like life-altering ones, but in terms of like introducing people to documentaries or it showing was a them. Fun one. It is. And showing them the documentaries have just as much oh, yeah. appeal as other. A starter documentary. Yeah. I feel like this is a perfect one. And it's great for water cooler talk. Like I was telling all my friends and coworkers about it until of oh, course we got quarantined. But I've been trying to tell everybody about it because I feel like it, Great conversation. So pieces. many levels. You can, you know, this well, it, it's a story. Played, yeah. Everybody did the Monopoly game. Yes. Um, but one thing we should mention yeah, is you might be like, well, why have I never heard of this? Well, you're going to have to watch the documentary because there's a little thing yes. that happens at the end. And this is and devastating, it makes too. absolute sense why this kind of got swept under there the rug. There was a big national event that happened that overshadowed mm-hmm. this yes. fraud scheme. <laughs> Yep, it was all like making the news and then something big happened. Which, understandably so, diverted attention. So there's a reason why we've never heard of Mm -hmm. it. But But, interestingly enough, one of the things that... It's kind of one of those great things. I'm glad they went back and looked at it because this is one of the stories that should have been like... Well, even Doug Matthews says that, like, we're shocked that no one's ever come and talked to us about this or interviewed us about this. It's so bizarre. So bizarre. But it was overshadowed and then kind of swept under the rug. And then when you discover the kind of the resolution of how the the case was solved in terms of all the individual parties, it makes Mm. sense. But I think this is one, it's one of those documentaries that demonstrates like, this is a story as old as human history, people being greedy, trying to make a quick buck, trying to find power that otherwise is not handed to them. But in a way it also feels like I, it's like crime mixed with nostalgia. Yeah. (laughs) And I also like have a tendency to romanticize you know, mob families, you know, knowing how... Yeah, yeah. It kind of, like, shines a light yeah, on exactly. the, uh, the the real Tony Sopranos. Exactly. And so there was something kind of fun about that of being like, oh, yeah, this this is what's this is what's real life. So I okay. just feel like on lots of levels it's really entertaining and, and fun, as so, any documentary can be. McMillions. So it, good. It's a watch. It's a buy. <laughs> it's a buy. It's a watch. Um... 
Alrighty, so uh, if you haven't listened to our last podcast, we're dropping two at the same time here. Mm-hmm. We are backlogged now with uh, the ones that we need to push out, so mm-hmm. expect a steady stream of podcasts. We're going to start doing our true-false film ones. Um, obviously, we wanted to get this McMillions mm-hmm. one out because we just had finished it, and it's been going on for a couple of weeks, but um, please uh, start... I'm going to post another thing on Patreon to get you guys to uh, ask us questions because we'd like to do kind of a mailbag or something. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, make sure your emails on your Patreon accounts are the ones that you want to receive an email to because we're going to send out our newsletter. That's going to be one of our benefits. Mm-hmm. It'll be great to our Patreon subscribers. If you are listening to this podcast and you are not a Patreon um, person, uh, please do that. Please help us out. Our current patrons, um, our loyal listeners, are Thad, Holly, Aaron and Brittany, and our uh, newest one, Jean. Old Jean, Jean. Jean Coltharp, I think. Yes. Yes. Excellent. Yep. Um, love to get some more uh, Patreon uh, people out there. So spread the word. Um, and honestly, you know, with the quarantine going on right now, this is an excellent time. To watch documentaries. To watch documentaries and get informed. We feel really fortunate enough to be able to be in a situation where we can watch them and, sh- and share them with you. And so, oh, yeah. because we have a little bit more time right now than we normally would, I would really like for you guys to give us suggestions of documentaries that you'd like us to watch because I have a tendency to kind of stick with my own wheelhouse. Yeah. You've noticed I really like crime documentaries. I like and I kind of go mini series. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's something that you think that we should watch and you'd like for us to cover, please let us know because I'm always trying to evolve my taste and I feel like I have this opportunity right now afforded to me to be able to kind of explore documentaries mm. in a way that I don't normally get to. So I would really appreciate any suggestions or questions or recommendations or anything that you'd like from us. I'm down. Yeah, that had uh, suggested we go to Welcome to Chechnya at True Falls, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't work out. Yeah, we tried, but we're we going to That it was still. one that had kind of a weird schedule, mm-hmm. but we did get a Eastern European one watched. But we do have collective every streaming service available, <laughs> so yes, we do we suggestions. have opportunities to, to watch those. So yeah, give us suggestions, give recommendations. Us, we would love ideas. to hear that. Um, I believe, my friend, that is all we have to say. Um, well, I have lots more to say, but I'm yeah, not gonna... oh yeah, we. This is one where it's just like we'd like to like. I will go... literally just ramble for hours, and we're gonna give away all the fun parts. Yeah. So just watch it and see it, and then we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all for now. Um, see you in uh, a very short time. Bye. Bye. Can we rock. What's up, Doc? Can we rock? What's up, Doc?